welcome to Blaze Pod. The football season's almost back, so I thought it was probably about time to bring this podcast back as well. Uh, thanks very much for your patience over the summer. I wanted to do a um, wanted to do some things around the World Cup, but couldn't quite get uh, get my act together during it. But the World Cup's now over. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Um, much better performance from England than I was expecting. And now that's out of the way, the football season, the real stuff is uh, is barely two weeks away. Um, pretty exciting. Uh, obviously, preseason's well underway at the moment. And there's been some transfer news at last. So that's that's what I wanted to talk about today. Um, this podcast is kind of going to be uh, a preview of the preview, if you like. Uh, I'm just going to talk for probably 10, 15 minutes about, um, I guess, our, our transfer situation, our incomings and outgoings over the, the last couple of weeks and what I think that means for uh, the team, the club going forward. Um, and then hopefully uh, next week, I'll be back with with Jay, with Twitter's Blades Analytic, who you all obviously know by now. Um, and we're going to ha- get into a more kind of detailed preview of the season from, a, I guess, from a, a, a player and tactical perspective. And I guess some of the things that we think um, may happen, may not happen, etc. So that's going to come next week. But yeah, think, think of this podcast as a pre-season for me, I guess, to make sure I can still do this after a few months off. So here we go. I don't want to take up too much of your time. We're going to talk about transfers today. So first of all, last week, um, probably around Monday, Tuesday, you know, it still hadn't really signed anyone apart from uh, Dean Henderson, the young goalkeeper on loan from Manchester United. You know, we'd sold David Brooks uh, a couple of weeks earlier. Uh, it, it was starting to get slight panic time, I think. Remember, the transfer window has been moved forward um, uh, this this year. So uh, there is only about three weeks left, I think, to actually sign players before we're we're locked in for a month or so so yeah I, I could see a sort of twitter meltdown occurring if i'm being honest and i guess i could see the, the sort of legitimate concern there of like oh why haven't we signed anyone yet why is it taking so long all we seem to be doing is um is selling players or letting them go but then that all changed uh in the last couple of days uh united announced the signing of john egan a central defender from brentford uh, for a club record fee as well. Um, this is great news for a, a number of reasons. Uh, I have got three of them, which I think are very significant and I guess encouraging for the state of play with Sheffield United. So the first thing uh, is that the the ongoing boardroom drama, which again has been sort of in the news, in the press, I guess, over the last week or so, that's still ongoing, but it's clearly not causing too many problems. Uh, you know, Wilder is still able to to get business done, we're able to spend money, you know, that we've kind of accrued from uh, from the Brooks sale, I would say. Um, so that's great. You know, the, the, I guess there was a sort of seed of doubt of, um, oh no, you know, this is just going to drag on and we're going to be in almost a self-imposed transfer embargo. You can clearly throw that narrative out the window. Business as usual, it seems to be. Um, although actually you use that phrase, business as usual, um, it's probably a false phrase to use. Um, this is my second point. Uh, is that this this signing of Egan is like a it's a marked shift for United under Wilder in terms of our transfer policy. So I mean, up to now in these two seasons, I guess at uh, three preseasons that Wilder's had with us, the transfer policy has been very much about finding bargains. So thinking Ender Stevens, George Baldock, and also recognizing players who are undervalued by other clubs. So Jack O'Connell, uh, Duffy, Clark, Fleck, that kind of thing. This, this John Egan signing, is, is to my mind the first time that we've gone and signed a player who we clearly expect to slot right into our starting eleven and make it better. 
I mean, you can kind of debate whether Egan is is worth that four million that it would uh, would actually be if it's a club record fee. But that's what it costs to sign the captain of a championship rival. And you know, let's not forget that Brentford are uh, no mugs whatsoever. They probably you know were, were slightly unfortunate to finish where they did last season. Um, so yeah, it's it's very encouraging to me that we're we're willing to pay the sort of upper value of a player because we've identified Egan as like this is one that we want. We we need this guy to slot into our team. And the the sort of flip side of that is maybe something that we've been accused of in the past, um, very justifiably, I think, of lowballing teams. Um, you know, going in with with lower offers than a, a team is willing to accept, and then ending up missing out on a player as well. So I'm very happy that. Um, you know, we're willing to spend the money on a first team player. I also, um, I don't think people should sweat the this sort of um, the actual cost. You know, it's sort of easy to say, oh, we really just spent a club record fee on a central defender. But I mean, our previous record signing was James Beattie, which was um, was in two thousand and eleven, I believe. So, you know, seven years ago, football's moved on a long way. I mean. You know, people don't really blink at Liverpool spending sixty million on a goalkeeper anymore. I mean, four million for a uh, a high standard Championship um, defender, which I'll come on to in a moment, is you know pretty good value. Look at uh, Aidan Flint; I believe went for seven million to um, to Middlesbrough, and you know Egan sort of stacks up against um, against that guy. So yeah, there's there's um, no need to think, oh god, that's a lot of money for a central defender. I mean, you know, it's more than we've spent before, but. This is where we are now. This is where football is. So the final good uh, point, I guess, about this signing is, of course, the player himself. John Egan fills that dominant central defender role that um, that we talked about on this podcast plenty of times towards the end of last season. Something that we really lacked and were very weak in, those kind of ability to, to win aerial duels, basically, uh, to win headers when we needed it. And that cost us quite frequently um, sort of down the stretch on the back end of last season. So I'm thinking of the goals we conceded at home to Cardiff, for example, um, the one against Millwall at home as well, a couple of the Barnsley goals where we were essentially just bullied by Kiefer Moore, who's a very limited footballer, but was, you know, a big physical presence and was able to kind of cause problems for us that led to goals. So that was something that really, really we did lack last season. I think I think our defence generally was very good, and I've, I've written talked about this in the past, but um, yeah, as, as we talked about on the podcast, in the aerial duel department, those three, Basham, Stearman, and O'Connell to a lesser extent, are, are not superb in the air. And by all accounts, by all the stats, um, John Egan is that kind of player. He's, he's a kind of, he's a stopper. He's likely to play in the middle of the three, so I would imagine we'll, um, we'll replace Stearman. Um, although he can also play as well. He's, um, he ranked third in the league last year for accurate long passes. Um, if you want more information on John Egan, I strongly recommend reading Jay's article, which is in the Sheffield Star as of yesterday, where he breaks down um, all the sort of statistical side of, um, of Egan's performance and yeah, how he's going to fit into our team, basically. So there we go. Club record signing, John Egan. Very happy to have him here. We have, of course, made one other signing as well, which is Dean Henderson, the goalkeeper I mentioned before. I guess a, a little bit of surprise for me that we didn't try and re-sign Jamal Blackman. Um, it's obviously gone on loan to Leeds, but um, Henderson has uh, you know, a stellar reputation. He was on loan at Shrewsbury last season. Uh, I saw him a few times, um, particularly in the playoffs. I watched those games and uh, thought he looked a very good goalkeeper. Obviously, at that point, I had no idea that he would be, um, be playing for United this season. Um, I'm sure he will have been brought in to start, uh, which possibly will... Um, 
well, I guess has led to the rumours of of Simon Moore potentially moving on. But um, yeah, looking forward to seeing him. His his save percentage and uh, hat tip to Jay again on this one. His save percentage while at Shrewsbury was was uh, a good step up from either Moore or Blackman last season. So yeah, we we should get a a very good young goalkeeper there. Obviously, Wilder is uh, a big fan as well. Um, and then the only other sort of player to kind of call out is uh, David McGoldrick, who's currently on trial. It's obviously a, would be a free transfer if we do decide to sign him. It's caused a small meltdown on social media um, earlier in the week, uh, which which was quite baffling to me because, you know, this guy McGoldrick is is going to be a, a squad rotation player if we sign him. We're, we're clearly not signing him as like this guy is playing up top on his own. Uh, he essentially, you know, needs to kind of fill that spot that that has been vacated by us letting Donaldson go, by letting Evans go out on loan. Um, we were, you know, we, we were pretty light in the striker department. You know, we are dependent on on Sharp and Clark, um, and yeah, so more bodies to play that position um, and of a good championship standard as well will be will be a very good thing. Um, McGoldrick played again today in the friendly against Mansfield. So uh, and then by all accounts had a had another quite impactful game as well. So yeah, I, w- I would expect that we probably will sign him in the next few days. Um, and then the only other one, I don't want to sort of speculate too much because uh, there's nothing, uh, I guess some of these, the rumours have been confirmed, I guess, but United uh, um, currently, as I speak, have an offer in for Martin Waghorn, also of Ipswich Town, where McGoldrick has come from. Um, Waghorn was uh, by far Ipswich's best player last season, um, which is not saying very much, but he was also one of the better attacking players in the championship as well. I believe he had 16 goals and 11 assists. So uh, he he basically was performing extremely well in a very poor team. Um, and yeah, it is by all accounts, um, you know, he will likely require us to break our transfer record again. But that's what you kind of have to pay, I suppose, if you want that sort of uh, top level championship striker as, as he, you know, presumably will be. So... Yeah, we'll see how that one pans out. I think, you know, if we can get him in to go with Egan as well, then suddenly we're in we're in very good shape indeed with uh with the squad going into the season. Okay, just before I finish, I want to talk about the players who've been moved on, who've been sold or uh or let go or have gone out on loan. So the headline of course is David Brooks uh moved to Bournemouth for a reported twelve million a few weeks ago. It is a real shame to lose Brooks. I was a you know really big fan of where he could potentially go with us, and I hope he goes on to become a, an excellent player. Um, and I think with Bournemouth, he's going to have an opportunity to do that to get some minutes in the Premier League. But yeah, at the same time, uh, you know, if we kind of essentially view it as like we trade trade Brooks, if you like, for three first team players, which you know Egan being the first one, maybe Waghorn is the second, maybe there's another one as well. If we end up signing three first team players who can contribute right now then that looks decent business to me. Um, you know, Brooks, I think uh, he definitely will go on to be an excellent player. Um, very possibly in five years, we will think, oh God, I can't believe we only got 12 million for him. But, you know, that's that's just football, I guess. There's, there's obviously an element of um, player's head being turned as well. He obviously he got a new agent, was very well publicized uh, about six, seven weeks ago as well. And it is hard to stop a player from you know moving to the Premier League as much as we all tear our hair out about it and you know I guess the other sort of point is as good as Brooks is and is going to be I think um he wasn't very he didn't play very many minutes for us last season I mean you know to an extent that was down to the illness that he suffered but 
you know, even at the even at the end of the season when he kind of returned to full fitness, you know, we 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 hadn't found the best role for him. You know, does he play up front? Does it can, does he playing like uh, in Mark Duffy's role? You know, he he didn't quite fit in our team. So we've lost we've lost an asset. We've lost an excellent player, but it's not like we've lost Jack O'Connell or John Fleck, where the loss of that player is you know an instant detriment to the team and will require a like for like replacement. I do hope we sign um, a player like Brooks, maybe on loan, that uh, you know can, I, I guess, possibly replace Duffy in the long term, and you know can make an impact in a sort of attacking, dynamic midfielder role. But it, it's to me, it's it's a disappointing sale, but it's not a, a huge loss in the short term. I don't think it may just look like it in five years' time. Um, and then I guess in terms of uh, other outgoing players, I mean. I think it's very notable that um, we have pruned the squad quite significantly over the summer. So there's a lot of players have gone out on loan. Some players have been sold. You know, the the strong rumours that Simon Moore will be leaving as well. Obviously, we had um, uh, Luke Steele in on trial uh, as a potential backup goalkeeper. Um, and yeah, this this makes me quite happy to be honest. It, it looks like it looks like good business. The you know moving on these players that. Um, that are not going to play for us or, you know, aren't going to play this season. So Regan Slate has gone out on loan. Chad Evans has gone out on loan as well. Um, that just seems like good squad management. You know, we've got some fees for some of these players. You look at George Long, that looks like excellent business, I think, all around. It's a, a good move for him. He's a young goalkeeper, but he's, uh, sorry, he's a young goalkeeper who had a very good season with Wimbledon last year. But realistically, he's probably going to be the second or third, well, probably more like the third or fourth choice goalkeeper at United this season. To get a V for him with some, again, some future incentives uh, seems like very good business for me. So, yeah, I think the squad is shaping up pretty well. I, I don't expect to see anybody else leave. Um, the latest ridiculous rumour was uh, Billy Sharp going to Sunderland, but apparently they can't afford his wages. So that's not too bad for them, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't expect to see anybody else leave unless it's, um, you know, someone else. Like maybe maybe Ricky Holmes might move out on loan or something like that. Um, I have no... Uh, factual basis for that that's just my supposition um plucked out of thin air um so yeah i think generally the squad is shaping up well uh i mean the thing to remember is we were very close to being an upper upper echelon championship team last year and egan addresses that um that major area of need in central defense so yeah i think uh you know a couple more signings and we're in for a an exciting season i think so yeah that's that's where we're at at the moment uh, we've got friendly with Inter Milan on Tuesday, which I'm looking forward to. I'm going now for that one. Uh, and then hopefully I'll be back with another episode of this podcast with Jay, with Blades Analytic. Uh, yeah, to preview the season in a bit more detail um, and maybe be able to catch up on uh, a few more signings as well by that point. Who knows? So, yeah, thanks very much for listening. I know it's just me, so I don't want to bore you too much with just my own voice without somebody else to um, lighten the mood a little bit. Um so yeah, thanks very much for listening. Thanks for, um, I guess, all your, your kind words over the summer of uh, <laughs> maybe clamoring is a bit strong, but people asking when the next podcast is going to be. So here it is. Uh, obviously, when the season gets underway, um, I'll be doing these very regularly. Uh, and yeah, more more written content on the Blades coming um, from, from this side as well this season, I think. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that too. Um, yeah, thanks for subscribing as well as listening. Uh, remember, you can follow me on Twitter, which is at BladesPod, and you know, tweet me your thoughts about this and anything else that you want to chuck our way as well. So, um, yeah, thanks again. I'll be back next week. Thanks very much.